Hello, this is Chase McKinney. Please be advised that the messages discussed in this podcast are of a mental health nature. While I am a counselor, I am not your counselor. This podcast should not replace professional services rendered to you by a mental health professional. If you feel you are in need of one, please seek one out. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Reframe. Uh, I'm your host, again, this is Chase McKinney, and um, I have a super-duper, over-the-top, amazing, awesome uh, guest-slash-co-host with me today, and I'll let you know who that is in just a little while. I'm going to leave you all in some, you know, suspense, you know, keep you all waiting for the big reveal. Um... But I, I don't think you're going to have to wait very long because we're going to be t- doing the uh, the on-the-hunt portion, uh, talking about what's going on with life, and uh, with that, you'll find out who it is. So, you know, ooh, just a few more seconds. No big deal. Um, before we dive into that, just giving you guys a little uh, snapshot of where we're going to be going today, uh, we, will, we will definitely have some Channel 49 news to talk about. And we will have a, um, a very beloved piece of media that we'll be discussing during our reframed portion. And that will be Mary Poppins. Um, I'm sure some of y'all are excited about that. So with that, uh, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, I do want to, uh, you know, reveal the big mystery of who the co-host is and the super duper over the top amazing awesome super special crazy cool uh co-host that i have today is none other than my beautiful bride of seven years it's michelle mckinney so michelle go ahead and introduce yourself and just take it away you're so sweet (laughs) (laughs) um let's see yes we're seven years in known each other since we were about eight Nine. About, yeah, eight or nine yeah. years old. Yeah, eight or nine years old. So we've known each other quite a while. Um, and uh, let's see, I'm a Hufflepuff. And <laughs> For the record, we're talking about Mary Poppins today, not Harry Potter. Oh, that was last oh, time. Oh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> wrong show. I'll just leave right now. Okay. Sorry. Can you come back? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so um, I uh, work in HOA management right now and... We have a little one-year-old, so we're both learning how to be parents, <laughs> how to make those decisions, how to... Um, how just to be how, awesome as yeah, parents. Yeah, how to be awesome as parents, raise an awesome, strong little girl, and, you know, how to feed her, and she's starting to eat actual food, so... It's quite exciting. Yes. <laughs> it's quite exciting. She and... ate almost a whole piece of toast today. Pretty big. Is I think that's the most food she's actually eaten. Yeah, one piece of toasted white bread. You know, yes. for some people, it she's might... so basic. <laughs> no, if she were basic, she would be you know drinking like pumpkin spice latte out of her sippy cup. Yeah. Well. So her dad's basic. Yeah. Her dad's a basic white boy. I love me some pumpkin spice latte, and I've only had one this season. This season? Oh man. Only one. It was in really? yeah in Virginia Beach. But it was. Like the first day it came out, right? You it, were that basic. Right? Uh, I don't know. If, I wasn't like super basic, but I was pretty super basic because it was like within 
The first few days. First few days of it being released for the season. Yeah. And it was at a Kroger in Virginia Beach where I got it. It was at a Starbucks at a Kroger in Virginia Beach. So. <laughs> Does that make me like general Does, instead of basic? General? What do you mean? I don't oh, know. general. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> what are girls basic and boys general? I don't know because I, I didn't go to a Starbucks. I mean, I went to a Starbucks. Well, it was a Starbucks, but it wasn't it was in a, a grocery standalone. Store. It was in a standalone Starbucks, but it's still a Starbucks. Okay. Starbucks is a Starbucks. Okay. Well, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Starbucks is Starbucks. Yeah. So, uh, so what's been going on? Uh, let's see. We went to Beaver's Bend mm-hmm. last weekend. It was so much fun just getting away. We went with my parents and... Um, of course, Elena, our daughter. <laughs> yeah, we, we decided to bring her with us. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it'd be pretty good. Yeah. So um, we went around to the Beaver's Bend Park that they have, went on a little trail, um, explored some of the nature area, mm-hmm. which is the whole thing is nature. But yeah. <laughs> specifically, we went um, on this little train ride, and she... Kind of liked it, maybe. She's kind of holding on a little tight. There was a part in the train ride, it was like super cute, where um, I guess the conductor calls it like Wahoo Falls or, or Wahoo Hill, Wahoo or, Hill something. or something like that. And he's like, all right, we're going to like, you know, we're going to coast and then we're going to go really, really fast down this hill. And it's like not even that big of a hill, but it was it was going pretty fast and like the train was shaking a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was she was holding on. She a was holding bit on, holding on to Mama a little tighter. <laughs> but uh, but she didn't cry. She was just maybe a little overwhelmed, like with first time doing it. Yeah, but she was. I mean, she was great during the trip and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, she went to bed really easily in her pack and play. And um, I remember asking you, um, not realizing that Beaver's Bend was actually there. <laughs> Like I looked on the map and I was like, oh my gosh, Beaver Bend State Park is like going to be like, you know, six miles away. Can we go like thinking we're actually staying in like Broken Bow proper. Um, Like you actually go through Broken Bow, Oklahoma to get to uh, Beaver's Bend, which is like eight miles north of the town, basically. And I was like, we have to, we have to go here. We're like this close. We have to go to Beaver's Bend. I've never been. And she, Michelle didn't like really say anything to me. She just kind of gave me a look. Yeah, you gave me like a little bit of a look. Uh, well, it was like a, oh, okay. <laughs> I I mean, it was a, more of my parents' trip, so I didn't really know what all what we were going to be doing. And then when when we got there, it was like, oh, okay, so we actually are like a beer's bin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was talking about last time, you know, talking about this trip a little bit too. And I just had a, a great time just doing all that and. Um, being able to go to the state park and then, you know, set stuff on fire at our mm-hmm. cabin. Not the cabin, but having <laughs> having a little uh, campfire and, yeah, having a fire pit and, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting some hot dogs and making s'mores and, mm-hmm. and doing that But stuff. not hot dog s'mores. No, they were not hot dog s'mores. That would be interesting. I kind of want to try oh, that now. Oh, ew. Huh. Gross. How many of you listening would be interested in a hot dog s'more? Obviously, Michelle doesn't want a hot dog s'more, but that's okay. But s'mores, yes. You want a s'more. I want a s'more. If you, okay, so we're getting a little off topic, but that's okay. So s'mores, right? Right. Graham cracker, chocolate, marshmallow. Yes. 
if you could change any or all the ingredients to create a new s'more, what would it be? Hmm. Hmm. Do they have, I'm sure they do now, mm-hmm. but do they have pumpkin spice graham crackers? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Right to my heart. You get me. <laughs> huh. I don't know. I went to the grocery store last week and there was like three different kinds of breakfast cereal that were newly flavored pumpkin spice. So they might have a, have it. That makes me think of like the Lay's potato chips and like how they have like the most oddball flavored is stuff. Is there a pumpkin spice potato There chip? probably is out there. That or there's probably some kind of like voting process that's going on about creating the new flavor. I would bet pumpkin spice is being vetted right now. But you know, it's like just because they can doesn't mean they should. Yeah. Like... I think there's a biscuits and gravy Lay's potato chip. There is. And that sounds quite questionable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. Why is it that we always seem to talk about food in this section? I don't even know, man. I don't know, but I'm a Hufflepuff, so that's why I'm talking about food. So and I'm a Ravenclaw, and we talked about that last time. So, yes, I married a Hufflepuff, <laughs> and I'm... <coughs> Somewhat convinced at this point that our daughter is a Hufflepuff. We do this thing at bath time um, where we have like these four different colored uh, measuring, measuring cups. cups. And there's another, that's a fun story too about measuring cups. Uh, so that's like some of her bath toys right now is just like these excess measuring cups that we have. Anyways, they're, they're red, blue, green, and yellow. So we place, we, we do our best because of water, it floats and might move. But we do our best to put the measuring cups down in such a way to where they're like evenly distributed right in front of her. And we're like, okay, Elena, you know, which one's it going to be? You know, which house are you in? So every bath, every time she takes a bath, uh, she basically goes through the sorting ceremony. So one (laughs) night she might be a Hufflepuff, another night she might be a Ravenclaw. But most of the time, and I don't know if it's just because it's yellow and she's like maybe drawn to yellow, but most of the time she's picking the yellow measuring cup. So that means on a recurring basis, she is a Hufflepuff. Wow. You must be proud. I am. I'm very proud. Okay. She, she's seemed to be as stubborn as me. So I think that we are going to be a lot alike, <laughs> especially when it comes to some uh, foods and yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Y'all need to pray for us. Pray for me. <laughs> But um, anyways, had a we have a wonderful daughter, and you know I love her to pieces. I know you do too. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, that's good. Is there anything else that you wanna you wanna bring up for like what's going on? Oh goodness. Um, hmm. No. Okay. <laughs> Nothing I can think of. I mean, that's what's been going on this week. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, recently we went. Um, exploring around Fort Worth and found a, a costume shop with like wigs and stuff like that. And um, originally we had been going to Dallas um, to a place we call Kentucky Fried Wigs, but it's called um, Lemon Avenue Wig and Beauty or something like that. Yeah. And they have like a, a huge assortment of wigs and other stuff like that. But uh, this place is in Fort Worth, so it's like right down the street from us for the mm-hmm. most part. And uh, I really liked it. I picked up a few things uh, that I'd hope to use at an upcoming convention. Uh, so we have a convention coming up in October, uh, towards the end of October, um, 2018 that is. And um, 
looking forward to seeing some friends and you know being a, a geek a nerd whatever you want to call me um, and just having fun being a big kid so if you're in the dallas fort worth area or you can get to the dallas fort worth area uh, love to meet you love to have some fun um, come to dallas fan days in october um, october 19th through the 21st i believe um, which i think by the time this drops it'll have already happened so it was great. We had a fun time. Yeah, it was so much fun. I'm glad to have met none of you, because uh, <laughs> you probably haven't heard it by this time. But if you're able to, to come to a future one, just keep your eyes peeled for like Dallas Fan Days or Dallas Fan Expo. Um, my wife and I were usually at there at those um, conventions, and we'd love to meet you um, and you know say hey. So this is me saying hey now. So there we go. Uh, with that. We're going to uh, transition into the Channel 49 news, and we do have news today, y'all. So, um, upon a very uh, deep search for, for news to you know present to y'all uh, for your consideration, I came across some mental health news that's taking place, uh, or that not is taking place, but that is uh, directly impacting places like uh, India and to some extent uh, China based on this report that I read. So uh, this is coming out of the Times of India um, and it's uh, coming out of New Delhi and it's saying that mental disorder, mental health disorders are on the rise with 80% of people with uh, any form of mental or substance abuse uh, or substance use disorders in um, India and China not seeking treatment. So um, it goes on to say that according, um, I'm sorry, let me back up, that uh, underlining the treatment gap and these heavy economic tolls um, that are being exacted by mental health illnesses, uh, it's saying that disorders, these disorders that are on the rise in these countries will cost the global economy roughly $16 trillion by the year 2030. And... Um, they're also saying that uh, the burden that this is causing or these mental health burdens that are um, uh, impacting India has increased from 3% in 1990, um, to which it's been doubled to 6% um, in 2013. Uh, so in China, uh, you know, there have been mental, neurological, and some substance abuse disorders that accounted for roughly 7% of um, disability um, in 1990 and the percentage increased to 11% by 2013. So there's these, these statistics that are, are really popping up that are showing the rise of, of these mental um, illnesses, these, these disorders that are on the rise. And, you know, while we, we tend to focus on the United States and the treatment modalities that we do here, these other countries, while they do, they they are aware that um, it's happening. It's not being addressed as much because of cultural ideas based around mental health. So that becomes um, something for myself as a professional um, to be an advocate for in terms of global mental health awareness and just um, creating more access for that kind of stuff. But also for uh, for y'all as listeners. Um, you know, depending on where you're coming from, I, I realize that, you know, whether you're listening to it now as this episode drops or you're listening to it years from now, 
you might not be from the United States. You might be from you know other countries, other continents, and that's perfectly fine. And if you do come from from a culture, uh, another country or something that um, is pretty hush hush when it comes to mental health, I'd love to meet you. So um, you know, send send me a note um, via email or whatever, and let's talk. But this the article goes on to say that. Um, it says that estimates show people with uh, mental illnesses account for nearly 6.5% of India's population, and it's projected to increase to 20% by the year 2020. Um, and let's see here. There's a quote somewhere around here. Where'd it go? Uh, I'm missing it right now. That's okay. Um the fact of the matter is there this is a major issue that is um, going on and oh here it is um, e quote even when treatment is sought its quality is poor the world mental health surveys reported that one in five people with depressive disorders uh, received minimally adequate treatment in high-income countries dropping to one in uh, 27 in low and middle income countries um, according to the report um, let's see here I think that's the the basic gist of this um, so you know while we are we're here in America and I'm in Texas you know saying this stuff that this is something that's not just limited to the United States and Western thought Western cultures um, you know it is something that needs to be addressed something that we need to be aware of uh, not just as professionals but as human beings on what we can do to help our fellow man when it comes to this kind of stuff so again I'll I'll save this article and I'll put this up for anyone that might want to read it down the road uh, and go from there so uh, that covers the the channel 49 49 news I know that was a little brief but that's okay uh, with that we are going to dive right into the reframed portion of this. And um, like I was talking about earlier and kind of teasing earlier, we're going to be talking about Mary Poppins. Now, I realize that there's a book series of Mary Poppins as well. Um, we are not going to be talking about the book series, even though the movie, uh, which is what we are going to be talking about, uh, drew its material from. Um, so it's kind of like a left-handed way of, of tackling the, the material. So uh, this is so specifically, just to be clear, we're looking at the 1964 movie uh, starring Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke. So uh, part of the reason that my wife is the, the guest today, the co-host today, is because I think she's pretty wicked smart when it comes to to Mary Poppins. Um, she's kind of obsessed with it in a very good way. <laughs> so uh, before we, we get into like the mental health, the reframing aspect of Mary Poppins, uh, we're just going to take a little bit of time and we're going to talk about, you know, how we got into just Disney in general, like our experience with Disney. And then we'll talk a little bit about our, our Mary Poppins experience. So, Hun, tell me about Disney. Oh, gosh. 
Where do you begin? I mean, childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mary Poppins was one of the movies I watched growing up as a kid, and I loved it so much that anytime I would watch it, I would have my mom put my hair up in a bun, and I had a little hat that um, was brimmed all all the way around so that it was my Mary Poppins hat, but it looked nothing like the one in the movie. It was like brown and wicker or that material and so nothing like it but had my little hat and I had my mom's old compact with the makeup all out of it she had already used so I just I had that and I had a little old purse that I put it in and then I had my mom's old baton but it was missing one of the ends so I just I mean I kind of played with it like a baton but you can't really do that much with it when it's missing one of the ends So it was my little makeshift umbrella. So I would sit on top of the couch whenever I would be watching the movie. And that would be like me coming in on the cloud whenever Mary Poppins is like introduced in the movie. And I would get out my little compact and I would pat my little nose. And I would put it back in my purse. And I would adjust my umbrella like she adjusts her umbrella. And like stick it into the cloud and... So I would do that, and then um, we also had one of those really old school um, vacuum cleaners, where it was some like a, the 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 suction like the bag part was on four wheels, and that ran around, and then the um, it was just one big long silver pipe that you okay. that you uh, um, rolled around on the on the carpet. And so those attachments, those were like my height when I was like five or six when this was happening. And so those were like my height. So those were kind of like my little chimney sweep things that I would play with. And I don't know why I was just so in love with this movie. I think it was just because it was kids and like this magical stuff was happening to them. And Mm I, you know, as a kid, want uh, want that to happen to you. <laughs> and um, I'll, I'll also, whenever I would drink chocolate milk, I still do this today. But a lot of times after I'm done mixing the chocolate in with the milk, I will, like, pick up the spoon and I would say, um, like, what Mary Poppins says when they're taking their medicine. She goes, rum punch. And just, I would, I don't know. I just, I love it so much. It's just so much fun and so magical. And I just grew up loving Disney and then actually did the Disney college program uh, when I was about, I guess, sophomore. I was in junior college for all my basics. So my second year of college, I went and did a semester there and it was so much fun. It was a a life-changing experience and I learned so much and I grew a lot and it was a really great company to work for. So for, for anyone listening um, that might be wondering what the the college program is, can you elaborate a little bit more about the college oh, program? Oh, yes. You uh, live, learn, and earn. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, it was at Walt Disney World in Florida, and they have little housing apartments that you stay in, so you live there, and you learn there. <laughs> they have uh, classes that you can take, and some of it does transfer over uh it is for college credit if you are in a major that uh would utilize some of those resources that they provide there's a lot of leadership and um 
classes such as that. I did a leadership one, um, but since I was in junior college and didn't know exactly what my major was going to be, I didn't do one of the ones that was for credit. So it was just it was just a leadership class, and and um, it was fun. And uh, Earn is working, so <laughs> you work in the parks. I worked in Toontown. May it rest in peace. Uh, it was we should in- have a moment of silence. Okay. Uh, Toontown, it was in the back of the Magic Kingdom, and it was kind of in between uh, Tomorrowland and Fantasyland, and it was just like a little Toontown square, and so it was like a kind of fair, like a county fair type area, and so I basically worked in uh, the gift shop, and merchandise was my technical uh, term, and I loved whenever I'd pull up a a job you clock in and then you pull up a little job and we rotate everywhere and then sometimes it'll be merchantainment and that was always my favorite thing to do and it was basically just do something fun with a guest and like we would have a little potato uh area where people could dress up uh mr potato heads and put them together so we would have um a kid put together a mr potato head and then it would be displayed for the rest of the day, and they got a little certificate that they got to take home with their name on it, and that was fun. And then always, uh, sometimes in the beginning of the day, we would have a pick a guest to go get their face painted for free, and that was fun. And then we would always have a um, little parade, character parade, mm-hmm. uh, um, where we would have the kids dress up in little hats and music makers, and then we would dance around the store. And that was always fun. And one time, Mary Poppins and her penguins joined us for that. Yeah. That was so much fun. <laughs> I was I was just thinking about um, how I th- I remember watching Mary Poppins very vaguely whenever I was I was a kid, just because I mean I watched a lot of Disney movies too. I think a lot of people our age, you know, we grew up in like the was it the Disney Renaissance? Is that what it's considered? Yes. Like the eighties, nineties, early two thousands type of thing. Um, anyway, even though Mary Poppins was not part of the Disney Renaissance, that was about 20 years before it. But still, there were a lot of Disney movies that were coming out in the 80s and the 90s and early 2000s that we would watch. And I just remember like the the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious song, um, like just screaming that um, as a kid. But I really remember watching it like with you um, sometime in like our early marriage um i'm like man this is like really good like this is a really good like critique of this that and the other thing and you know being like super nerdy about it and stuff like that mm-hmm. but <clears throat> uh we went to the diamond anniversary for disneyland which disneyland is my park y'all okay you're wearing your diamond and, I, and I'm wearing polo. yes, I'm wearing my diamond anniversary Disneyland polo right now as we record this. <laughs> um, so they, uh, Michelle and I, we decided that we were going to, um, I guess, go big and have a good time with it. And you oh, can't, yeah. you you can't. What's that? I said, oh yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and you can't um, actually wear like the full on costumes. You have to do this thing called Disney bounding, which is basically what we were doing. And I did a Bert. I did like a Jolly Holiday Bert. And Michelle did, guess guess who it was? <laughs> Mary Poppins. 
No, uh, I was a penguin. Yeah, actually, she was a penguin. I'm lying. <laughs> no, she she did a jolly a version of Jolly Holiday, Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. and we walked around the park. I was carrying a cane, and she was carrying her um, parasol. Things was going parasol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we met the park. Uh, Mary Poppins and Burton had some, you know, great experience with them. But we also met like some other people that are just as obsessed, if not more obsessed, with Mary Poppins that wanted pictures with us. So that was a great experience um, that we had together, like with the whole Mary Poppins thing. And then we redid it all over again. Was it a great experience? It was a magical experience. (laughs) Was it in the morning? (laughs) You know, (laughs) (laughs) it really wasn't that magical. (laughs) Well, I made him get up very early, I think maybe five, because it was 4.30. I really wanted us to get there like really early before the park opened because the park opened I think earlier than normal and then it was, we, we were supposed to get in at eight the park was supposed to open at eight um, was is what it was advertised as uh, and we got down there about like after six, about six yeah so we're if you're familiar with like Disneyland and how it's laid out um, you have like a big giant open square. If you're not familiar with it, I'm going to do my best to paint a picture for you. There's a big open square. On one far side, you have the entrance to Disneyland. And on the completely other side, opposite of the Disneyland entrance, is the California Adventure entrance. So it's just this big open, you know, brick paved, whatever you call it, just open space that people are at this point early in the morning people are forming like big long gaggles of lines and everyone's wanting to get in so it was taken from there huh um yeah so we were in line and i wanted to get there early because i knew it was a big day it was the 60th anniversary of when the park opened so i knew a lot of people were going to be there and thankfully we were staying on property we stayed at the california grand california grand california So we were just able to walk to the entrance of the park, which I'm thankful for, because if not, we would have woken up even earlier. <laughs> so yeah, it was a pretty long line. And then they actually started letting us into like the front part of Main Street. Um, and then once you get past Main Street, then it's like the main hub, and then they've got all the entrances to the other worlds and stuff. So they let us come into Main Street. And then an hour before the park was supposed to open, they made this big announcement that they're opening an hour early. And so we got all excited. So we didn't actually have to stay in uh, Main Street all crowded for very long. And then they dropped the ropes and then we were off to go. And we rode a bunch of uh, rides in Fantasyland because those rides are always... Have which, really long lines. which I was like a major grump in the morning. I'm normally, yes. a, I, I'm normally, I normally am a, a morning person. I really am. Um, I was just frustrated because the night before we didn't get back to our room until like 11 or close to midnight, maybe. It's Disney. Yeah, I know. And we didn't have, we didn't open to close every day. We didn't have a kid yet. Um, so it was just us just being big kids going to the, and doing this stuff. But it was that and like knowing that we had to get our clothes ready in the morning because like they were in our suitcases. We had road tripped across the country, so things were wrinkly. And I was trying to like get them de-wrinkled. And Michelle had like this special Mary Poppins mousier thing that she had made for her, which got lost the first day. 
And, but we didn't realize it until the night before, so trying and, to find that. So that was like added stress. So we didn't, didn't really get to bed until like midnight or 1, and here we are getting up at like 4.30 or 5, having like 3 or 4 hours of sleep after having like a 16-hour day in the park. Was a little ridiculous. <laughs> it's Disney. But it is Disney. And by the way, I want to back up for a second. For anyone that hasn't been to Disney and doesn't understand Disney lingo, the hub is where the um, the partner statue usually is at most parks. Um, it's like right by Walt the, holding Mickey's Walt hand. Walt holding holding uh, Mickey's hand. Yeah, that's considered the partner's statue. Mm-hmm. Right so, in front of the castle. Which is right in front of the castle. So the castle is at the top of the hub, um, or right at the hub. And it's like the center point of the park, which splits off into every different direction. So you would just come from Main Street, which is your entrance, Main Street USA, and then to your left, to your right, and straight ahead of you is how you all go the how you go to all the lands. So the hub is the central focal point of both the Magic Kingdom and Disneyland. Just in case you ever go and someone says, you know, go to the hub or meet at the hub. That's what the hub is. So just wanted to explain that real quick in case anyone wasn't aware of that. So we've talked a lot about already our Disney experience. We are major Disney nerds, and we could probably take an entire episode just talking about Disney, just as Disney, like the parks, Disney, the company, whatever. But we're not going to. That's not not what this episode is all about. That's not what the show is all about. Uh, Maybe we'll do something special later on, but not right now. We're going to try and tone it down just a little bit. And actually talk about Mary Poppins and, you know, things that, you know, we can we can take from it to learn about mental health, you know, issues, topics, themes like this podcast, um, you know, is designed to do. So with that, what do you think, hon? What are some things that you think we can learn from Mary Poppins? Um, uh, how to clean your room with snapping your fingers. <laughs> I'm still practicing and it's not working but i still try every day (laughs) if only we could snap our fingers and the bed get made yes that would be amazing (laughs) i mean i can snap my fingers and then you can do it (laughs) thanks Thanks. um on a serious note though um definitely things about just your priorities and self-care and really thinking about what's important. Okay. So um, I think I think that's that's true too. Um, I know that, um, like that time that I kind of geeked out with you it was like, man, this is like really good. Like we could, you know, we could talk about like work, work and family and stuff with that. Like with Mister Banks, um, you know, and how how much he works and how hard he works at the bank. Um, Mr. Banks works at a bank. Anyway, um, I think those are some things, and, uh, and especially like with it culminating with the song, you know, uh, let's go fly a kite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, knowing that, or you know, what I just said, and then you know what you you offered up, are there like certain uh, maybe songs or certain parts of the movie that you think? are um important or that that kind of hint at that kind of stuff definitely everything to do all of mr banks's songs that are about like the life i lead um he has three different versions of it 
And the, the funny thing about this movie is when you're a kid watching it, you think the movie's about the kids. But whenever you grow up and you're an adult, you realize, oh, this is about the dad and yeah. what he learns. He's the one that has the growth and and the perspective change. And so he has three different songs. Um, I know he think he sings more, but his main the main songs for his growth is The Life I Lead, which is the beginning of the movie. He's talking about... Um, oh, I'm home, and uh, this, it's a grand old time to be a man, <laughs> and, uh, um, about his kids and his life, and uh, tuck the kids away once I get home, and good night, and bye, and I have the perfect life. And then um, he has a song with Mary Poppins, uh, basically kind of laying down the law, like, this is what should be done. Uh, I've British home and a British nanny need to follow these rules and then she busts in and says exactly you're right and you need to uh, I'll have the kids ready for you and uh, tomorrow morning they're gonna go with you to the bank he's like oh yeah to a capital idea Mary Poppins <laughs> <laughs> and then he kind of sings it again uh, it's called a British bank uh, parentheses the life I lead and that's and, oh, I'm sorry. That was the one I just said. The other one, A Man Can Dream, is the last one. And parentheses, wait, yeah, parentheses, The Life I Lead slash A Spoonful of Sugar. So that's one he's singing um, after all of the sweeps come through, and then he has been called that he needs to report back to the bank. And uh, Bert chimes in a little bit, and kind of I think that's when the wheels start turning for him of things have been going upside down in his world and then Bert kind of says a couple of things and his perspective starts to change and then he goes to the bank and then it all flips <laughs> and it's just like bam light bulb mm -hmm. I'm looking at the lyrics right now for a man has dreams and um, I like how it starts off a man has dreams of walking with giants to carve his niche in the edifice of time um, before the mortar of his zeal has a chance to congeal. The cup is dashed from his lips. The flame is snuffed um, aborning. He's brought to rack and ruin in his prime. Um, I wish we could play the song um, or play any of these songs, but because of you know licensing and copyright issues, uh, we're not able to, so I would encourage um, any of you that are able to, you know, check out the soundtrack or watch the movie, you know, go listen to these songs um, and just, you know, experience the tone that comes along with them. But, you know, like looking at just the lyrics, like not even like looking at the tone of the song, uh, a man has dreams of walking with giants. I think that's, that's all of us, um, not just you know, men as in like males, I mean, mankind, um, you know, wanting to, you know, make their mark, you know, leave, leave a legacy, um, you know, make an imprint type of thing on this world. And I think part of that is, you know, the, it's the work that we do in whatever industry that we're in, whether that's, you know, working in a bank, you're doing finance or you're, working in mental health as a counselor or a psychologist, or you're working in 
um, you know, HOA management and you're helping, you know, families and enforcing stuff and helping there be um, safe communities and, and stuff like that. You know, regardless of, of what it is that we're doing, we all want to to leave a leave a mark and you, you go through the lyrics line by line and it goes from this optimism to like this realism um, to where you're kind of jaded. You become like kind of jaded is kind of like how I'm picking up on it. I don't know if you want to add to that at all, hon. Um, like with, with the song or with the lyrics for A Man Has Dreams. Mm-hmm. I like when what Bert has to say. Um, let me scroll down to where he gets to the actual meat of it. Um, so Mr. Banks, um, she tricked me into taking Jane and Michael to the bank. That's how all this trouble started. Um, and then Bert says, outrageous, a man with all the important things you have to do. Shameful. You're a man of high position, esteemed by your peers. And when your little tykes are crying, you haven't time to dry their tears and see them grateful little faces smiling up at you because their dad always just knows what to do. Uh, Mr. Banks says, well, I look, I I don't know. (laughs) And then Bert, you've got to grind, grind, grind at that grindstone. Uh... Though childhood slips like sand through a sieve. Amen. And all too soon they've up and grown. Mm -hmm. And then they've flown. And it's too late for you to give. Ouch. And then he kind of makes his leave saying, Just a spoonful of sugar. Oh, wait. Can I sing that? Yeah, you can sing it. We just can't play the music. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know. Man, ouch. I think about you know, being a dad and I know I was, I know I was telling you this, um, earlier that, and it's, it's, it's a downer way to think about this, but it's, it's true that I love putting, um, Elena in her crib at bedtime. I love feeding her her bottle and, you know, just snuggling with her before she goes to sleep. And, you know, picking her up, taking her into her room, praying over her, um, you know, declaring things over her um, while she's snoozing. I just think like, you know, this is one less night that I get to, that I get to, to hold her because she's, she's getting older. She, and there's going to come a time where she's not going to need me to like hold her and and put her in bed. And um, even though I feel like I've been very involved as a dad, I still feel like I've missed out on so much. And I don't know if there's ever going to be enough time that I'll be able to spend with her. Mm-hmm. And I think you might feel the same way. Yeah. With our daughter. Um, so like this is, this is something, and this is, I guess you're right. You know, when you, when you watch this as a kid, cause I can, I can remember as a kid, you know, seeing this lady, singing to birds and snapping fingers and tape measures and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, why am I watching a movie about chores? I mean, <laughs> what the heck's going on? And and then you're right. You watch it as an adult, you know, whatever you want to call that, like whether you're 20, 30, 40. 
and you're like, man, this is about the dad. Because like my reaction was to you, to you, hon, you know, that this could be a great topic for talking about like work and life balance for being, you know, with your family and connected with your family and things like that. And, um, what was it? When I went, uh, there was, there was a thing that I remember and I tried recreating it at one point and I couldn't do it, but it was when I first got hired with the Boy Scouts a long time ago. Uh, when I was a professional, as a district executive, I had to go to the two week training up in like South Lake or West Lake, some lake in Texas. <laughs> I think it was South Lake. I think it was South Lake, yeah. Um, for two weeks. Um, and they, d- they did talk about like having balance, like with your, your family and with your work. And they, t- they, they had these, these three or four big stones. They had like some medium sized like rocks that you might skip with. And then they had like pebbles and then they had a thing of water and they, they did it to where they showed like, if you put all the, um, like the pebbles in first and then you put like the the medium-sized rocks in and then you put the big stones in and then you try and pour the water in it's going to overflow and it's going to be a hot mess basically but if you put the big things in first and then the next bigger things and or the the secondary and the third things and then you pour the water in everything will fit and everything will be just fine because you have the things in that matter most you have the things that take up the most space that matter most and i think that's the thing that can be a big takeaway with this, and I, I might not, I might be going all over the place just a little bit, but you know when we when we put family first, when we put our own personal uh, tight priorities first, um, that are going to be good for our family and they're going to be good for us, everything else will fall in order and and will work itself out. Uh, we can't pri- I don't think we should. Um, be so consumed with work that we forget about our family and spending time with our family. Mm-hmm. So um, is there anything um, with the movie, with the experience with Mr. Banks or Mary Poppins or the kids that you can kind of draw on based on like what I'm saying with that to kind of maybe back it up or that is similar to what I'm saying? Well, I think pretty much the next scene where he actually goes to the bank to be discharged that's when he has his revelation Mm -hmm. and and then he really realizes kind of what's what's important and gladly leaves his job at the bank and and i don't even know if he would qualify it as if he quit or if he really was discharged but he was just really happy about it um (laughs) G. Williker. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Bye. <laughs> Not knowing you. See you later. See you never. Um, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. That happens a lot. <laughs> How do you think... Um, I know... This might not be directly connected with what we're talking about, but I know that when the movie was being made and the it was also being scored, um, it was being composed by the Sherman Brothers, uh, there was one song in particular that Walt particularly enjoyed, and that was Feed the Birds, which I love as well. It's a great song. How, 
uh, how do you think that song uh, works into like the whole movie and does it does that song in any way connect to what we're talking about today? Um, well, I think that Mary Poppins used that song to kind of teach the kids maybe a little bit about the perspective on on what's important and kind of helping people out and, and especially kind of what she says at the beginning before she sings the song. She talks to them uh, and kind of makes it seem like, you know, her dad, their, their dad is, he's, he's a busy man and maybe his priorities just aren't in the right place right now, but you have to love him through it. Kind of, she kind of makes it, talks about a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Like looking at the lyrics, I don't know if you're able to look at the lyrics also. Yes, I've got them up. Um, that, oh, what's it, where'd it go? The young ones are hungry, the nests are so bare. All it takes is tuppence from you, feed the birds, tuppence a bag, tuppence, tuppence, tuppence a bag. Um, I know I didn't sing with the right melody or anything. It was just like straight reciting tuppence, lyrics. Tuppence, in my head. Um, I think that, I think those lyrics itself can be a way of of trying to grab our attention to slow down, pay attention to what's around you. Because mm-hmm. like when you watch the film, you see this homeless or this haggard, you know, outcast of a woman that's there on the the, the was it St. Paul steps, steps of yep. the cathedral. Yep. So they're at the church, basically, sitting outside of it and You know, people are just so busy with life. They're just like zooming right past her. um, And they're just ignoring her because she doesn't look like everyone else. So I think that's the thing too is, you know, pay attention to, you know, not just the people that look like you, but pay attention to all people, but also take the time to slow down. And I think the whole slowing down part applies to our our relationship that we have with each other, with our family, Mm -hmm. families. Um, And I think that... That is a uh, maybe an indirect critique of what's going on with the Banks family. You know, the kids are left to their own devices. They want their dad around, but there's this stuff that's just distracting him and keeping him um, to go do his own thing and focus on his career, more or less, is, is how I take it. I don't know. What do you think? It, yes, exactly. He's, he's got his, his routine. Mm-hmm. down you know like at the beginning of the movie he's like i come home at this time and basically by the time he gets home it's time for his kids to go to bed so he sits down and he tells them good night and that's it and there's no real connection that they get to have so i think that <sighs> i think that you know as a dad i don't I don't want that for our daughter. Um, I want there to be like the healthy, the healthy boundaries where she knows that her dad's always going to be there for her. Um, and that dad also has to go work and, and do these things that dad has to make sacrifices. I want, I want our daughter to learn that, yeah, you have to make sacrifices, but don't make so many sacrifices that you can't be present with those around you. And if there are any dads listening right now, 
Um, I realize that there are enough people in our society that are dog and dads. If you're a dad and you're listening to this and you're at home, um, you know, or you're working, you know, and you're in your child's life, good on you, man. I'm proud of you. I love you for it. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, if you're a dad that's kind of distant from your child right now, it's not too late. I don't care how old you are or how old your child is. Every child in some degree wants their dad around. And, and we already did a show on fathers and father figures, so go listen to that. I think that was episode two of this podcast. So go listen to that. We're not going to talk about that, but, you know, get a planner, you know, you don't, you don't have to use Outlook for everything. You don't have to use your, your phone iCal for everything. Get a regular planner, get a wall calendar, get something, be deliberate about the time that you spend with your family. And I'm not just talking your children, I'm talking your spouse, I'm talking your girlfriend if you're, you know, divorced or you're a widower or you're a widow. Um, carve out time, put it on there, schedule it if you have to, it doesn't matter. Just be deliberate about the time that you spend. Go fly a kite. <laughs> and also there is the the teaching your kids that having a career is is important you know having something that you're passionate about whether it be uh, owning your own business or just working at at just like a a, a, a paper company in mm-hmm. Dunder Mifflin <laughs> 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 you know selling uh, selling paper day to day and it might seem monotonous while you're there and you're not really happy but you know it's it's important to have a career and also, you know, having that balance and teaching your kids that having a career is, is, is a good thing, you know? Right. Every careers and work is not a bad thing, um, at all. And, um, I've gone on record with this podcast as saying that, you know, I, I do come from a biblical, biblical worldview. I come from a Christian perspective and for those of you that are listening that are Christian, hear me with this. And those that aren't, consider this. I mean, this is not meant to evangelize or proselytize anyone. But here's the thing. If you look at the Bible, and I'll be very brief with this. If you look at the Bible, Adam was a gardener. That was his job. And then everything went to pot. So work was good even before the curse happened. So we were always meant to work. Work was never a bad thing. Work was something that we were, we are supposed to do. It's just, and again, this is however you want to look at it. But as a Christian, as someone that comes from a biblical worldview, the curse that happened as a result tainted our experience with work. So now work is even more work for us. And work can cause even more problems for us. But it's not a bad thing. We are meant to work. We're supposed to work. Work can be, you know, going to the bank. Work can be going to the office and, you know, selling paper like at Dunder Mifflin or whatever. doesn't matter. We're crossing fandoms. It's awesome. <laughs> um, but work is not a bad thing. And, you know, if, if you're having those difficulties with work and finding your career and trying to, you know, figure out a vocation, figure something out that, you know, you're passionate about... Uh, myself, as a counselor that likes to specialize in career counseling, I'd be happy to meet with you. You can um, call or email me and we can figure something out. If you're not near the Dallas-Fort Worth area, 
And I would encourage you to find a mentor, find someone near you that you can talk to about that kind of stuff and see what you can accomplish. But work is, was never meant to be a bad thing. It's just a result of life happening that has made it that much more complicated for us. And when it, that happens, it can lead to an obsession which takes away from other areas of our life. So like my wife was saying, we need more balance. I think that's what you're saying. We need mm-hmm. we need some balance type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, have game nights, have uh, Friday night pizza night. Mm-hmm. Everybody downloads about what's been going on in their lives. You know, I know it's it's tough being a working parents and figuring out what's a good time to spend with your kid, especially if you have older kids that have sports or after school programs or other other things that you're just you pick them up from school and then you're off and you're going taking them this, taking them to dance class, taking them to hockey practice, baseball practice, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just by the time you get home, it's just exhausting and then you have to get ready to do it all again the next day. Mm-hmm. Um but just having those one night a week where everybody just has fun together. Right. Or even if they're teenagers and they don't want to do it every week, every other week. I mean, um, yeah. just some something. Even if it's not all the time, just something. Because when the kids are grown up, they'll remember those nights and the times that they had with their family. And, and probably even when they come to visit, want to do them again. Yeah. I know that after my, after my parents divorced and I, I moved in with my dad... My dad was very deliberate, and he made sure that him and I sat down at the table and um, had a meal together every Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon was our meal together. And granted, I was, um, I think I was like, they divorced my junior year, towards the end of my junior year of high school. So it was really all of my my senior year that I was living with him and then into college. Um, I lived at home for most of college. Um, So even like with my crazy college class schedule that I was having at the time, you know, we made a point of every Sunday having a meal together. And if you're not having meals together right now, now is a perfect time to start. You don't have to do every night. Start it with one night. Start it with one meal a week and see what you can do. And turn off your devices. We are way too connected to everything um where we've exchanged um um connectedness for connection um where we we're, we're so involved with like how many likes and followers we have um that that's how we validate ourselves turn off your phones for 30 to 40 minutes while you have a meal together however long y'all are together and just do that and then pick up your devices and go to town if you want to after that but like my wife was saying you know game nights those are great Walk around the park. I mean, the parks are free. As long as it's not raining, you're good. Um, go do something like that. Go to an amusement park. Go see a movie. Go ride go-karts. Go play putt-putt. How many people play putt-putt anymore? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I do think, I know for us, even you know, before Elena was born, we would have some of our best talks when we just went for a walk. Mm-hmm. Just around a park that was just down the road or... Um, or if we had to actually go somewhere, drive somewhere to another park, and we would we would usually have some of our best conversations when we're just walking around the park. Yeah. And I think that for some younger people, that it might be hard for them to communicate, especially with us being so connected to our phones, and it's hard for people to connect face to face 
walking beside each other, for some reason, it helps younger kids to talk more because they might, they're not having to look, it's not as intimidating, Yeah. I guess. So that can help that connection, you know, you're not sitting down at a table saying, what's going on with your life? Like, what are you doing? But whenever you walk, it's more casual, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And, and <laughs> if you, if you start doing that kind of stuff, um, you know, it's going to feel awkward at first. That's to be expected. You know, let it be awkward, you know. It's okay for things to be awkward. Um, it'll get more normal. It'll feel more comfortable after a while. And it'll be okay. So just just enjoy it. And I think that's that's kind of culminating in, in what happens, you know, at the end of, of Mary Poppins where, you know, Mr. Banks comes home and... He has a kite in his hands. And I'm going to let you talk about that if you want to. Uh, what exactly do you want? So just just the fact that, you know, Jane and Michael, come, I think they come down the stairs, they come into the foyer, and they're they, like, you mended it! And they are devastated because Mary Poppins has said, okay, it's time for me to leave. So they have been so happy having Mary Poppins here and everything has been changing around the house and and she's brought life into the house and then she all of a sudden says okay the wind has changed it's time for me to go mm-hmm. and they don't understand it they're so upset they're so sad and then she says your father's calling you and they're confused because he sounds happy <laughs> and they're like that can't be him yeah. can't be our dad he sounds too happy yeah and and then they go downstairs and then all of a sudden Everything's changed. Like, he mended their broken kite. And he has... the Which is a big symbol to them. Because all they wanted was to hang out with Dad. Go fly a kite. Their kite broke at the beginning of the movie. And they were so upset about it. And they got lost trying to chase it down. And he fixed it for them. So that was a very big deal to them and all of a sudden they knew in that moment that things were going to change that that okay let's go hang out with dad and basically forgot all about mary poppins (laughs) like okay bye lady (laughs) ran downstairs and dad is starts singing and is so happy and so they all go out and they all go fly a kite and they are just jubilant because because they are hanging out with their dad and then Mary Poppins leaves and doesn't even really say goodbye because she was there for her purpose and her purpose is done and yeah. it's time for her to move on and help another family. So yeah, it was great. I don't think um, the counselors or people in mental health are necessarily Mary Poppins, but I think that can be <laughs> something, you know, to try and understand that, you know, like, you know, as, as a counselor, my job isn't to be with you uh, indefinitely. You know, I, I don't expect you to rely on me. I'm going to be with you until the wind changes, okay? And the wind, the wind changing is, you know, when, you know, circumstances are going positive and you're able to handle it on your own. Um, you know, you're, you're able to um, 
function better when it comes to like the depression, the anxiety, the work stress, the life stress, um, the family conflict, that kind of thing. So um, there's a Mary Poppins out there for everyone uh, when it comes to like mental health type of stuff. So um, consider that. And, you know, just knowing that that Jane and Michael just wanted to fly a freaking kite with their dad um, and like that meant the world to him. You know, we should take stock. Um, every single one of us on this planet is a child to someone. And there's so many of us on this planet that are parents. And there are those that will be parents um, down the road. You know, what is it that our child wants to do with us that seems silly and maybe embarrassing or odd um, for us as adults to do, but means the world to them. In this case, it was flying a kite, you know, with their dad. So that's just something I want to leave you with to think about. Um, you know, what can you take from this discussion of, you know, what can I do with my kid or what can I do with my future children that would mean the world to them? You know, whether that's a family dinner, playing soccer, playing baseball, whatever, going to the mall and riding a carousel. I don't know. Something. Just think about Make that. Make slime. <laughs> Make slime. I know a lot of parents, it gets everywhere. It's sticky. So what if you make a mess? Okay, messes can be cleaned up. The messes you don't want to deal with is when your child is in prison because they murdered someone. <laughs> All because you didn't make slime. And that sounds kind of funny. But, I mean, seriously, what can you do now to invest not only in yourself, but also in your, in your child and your you know, even your grandchildren, because you're going to more than like most of us are probably going to have grandchildren at some point, whether that's through birth or through adoption. You know, what can you do now? What can you do now to have a better work life balance to where you're able to, to have good quality time, keep your priorities straight with your friends and your family? There will always be work out there, whatever work looks like, whether it's at in the industry that you're in right now or it's not. Work will always be there, but your family might not be based on things that could happen. Divorces happen. Death happens. And it's not fun to talk about, but it can happen. So what can you do now? So I've said that a million times already, so I'm going to shut up with that. Um, so that's going to be the end of the, the reframed portion. I just want to, um, before we close it out... I want to uh, just say a few things for Beyond the Frame, and um, then that'll be it. So Beyond the Frame, as y'all know, is a portion where we um, we talk about you know comments or messages that we've heard, um, either through email or phone calls or you know whatever it might be. And um, I have two this week, and I um, wanted to highlight these two. Um, one listener says, your podcasts are always so timely and the content um, always seems to deal with what I'm dealing with at the same time. Uh, thank you for saying that. That means there's some kind of divine intervention going on as far as I look at it. Um, I hope that whenever you hear this, that whether it's this is similar content that you're dealing with also, um, regardless, that this kind of stuff will continue to help you, um, whether personally or professionally. And uh, this other one um, is from a, a friend of mine so saying, bro, I love what you're doing with the podcast. I love the concept. You're doing a great job and blowing it out of the water. 
Thank you for the encouragement. Appreciate that. Did you want to talk about the new Mary Poppins movie? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> uh, I am so excited. Yes, I forgot about... How did I forget about that? I don't know. <laughs> well, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited. I think that Emily Blunt is classy enough to mm-hmm. pull it off. I know Julie Andrews, big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. She is practically perfect in every way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we did just get the uh, teaser trailer for it, the full length trailer, mm-hmm. and it looks great. And I think that we're going to get another family um, adventure out of it. I know that this is going to focus on Jane and Michael grown up. And Michael, from what I gather, his wife has passed away and he has kids. And so what I'm thinking, I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but I think Jane has moved in with him to help with the kids. Like a full house type of thing? Like a full house, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think he needs, Mary Poppins comes back to help him with, with that and focusing on, you know, your kids are here and they need you. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be what it focuses on, but I'm excited. I think that she can, she can pull it off, and I'm I'm hoping that uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda can do a really good, uh, better Cockney accent. <laughs> I'm just hoping there's not there's a limited amount of rap. <laughs> you think he's gonna rap? I don't think he's gonna rap. I hope not. That's not this. No, that's not this style. Right. Well, it's his style when it comes to Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> Well, didn't he? He wrote. Um, Most of Moana. Moana. So, yeah. Yeah, he didn't rap in that. Yeah. Well, okay. No, actually, uh, uh, did he write "You're Welcome"? Yes. Because that has a little yes, rap break. Yes, he wrote that. <laughs> he did. I'm pretty. I'm like ninety percent sure he wrote we that. We might one. be wrong, and you might be screaming at us right now, but. <laughs> That's okay. Just it's okay. Send, send me a note. It's fine. Send me a note. But um, would you be down for coming back and talking about? Um, the Mary Poppins Returns and doing course, an episode on that. Of course, You live in the same house as me. So I do, so it'd be pretty convenient. It'd be pretty convenient for you to come do this, right? Yeah. Okay. What do y'all think? Um, have y'all enjoyed uh, my wife, Michelle, being on the show? Let me know. Um, you know, get a hold of me and let me know what you thought. And if you want her back, I'd love to have her back. It'd be really easy to have her back. Um, I have a uh, question for people Okay. Um, I know it's going to tie again into last week, but we were discussing a little bit earlier today about if you what house you think Mary Poppins would be in, and I'm thinking Slytherin. Okay, tell so, me tell me about Slytherin. Well, Slytherins—they're very cunning and resourceful, mm-hmm. and she is seems very cunning as how she. She wouldn't say that she tricked Mr. Banks into taking her kids, uh, taking his kids to the bank, but mm-hmm. uh, some might argue that. <laughs> um, so she she got him to to take the kids on an outing and made it seem like it was his idea. Okay. <laughs> and she is very resourceful. You know, she can just snap her fingers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I don't know that those are the main things that have been jumping out. She's she's. She gets, she does the job that needs to be done and does some of the dirty, dirty work. And even though it might have some consequences, some people might not like her being there. Like Mr. Banks didn't like her being there at the beginning that she was changing the, everything around the house. And 
he wasn't happy, but she knew that it had to be done, so she did it. So, you know, um, I'm looking right now at a couple different, I looked at a couple different websites. So, she's pretty sweet. She's a pretty sweet lady, but she's also brave and kind of sassy too, mm-hmm. right? And she is firm. So, she's she's kind of a mix of all the houses mm-hmm. in a way. She's a well-balanced person. She is. She's practically perfect in every way. Yes. And then you're not sure what to say. Just say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Mm-hmm. Boom. Um, so there's one person on a website that says that she's perfect, the perfect balance of strict and caring. She's good at finding things and is brilliant at raising children. Um, and that she's basically, a, um, that they would put her in Hufflepuff. But there's but no- the But I don't think she's, she's not that loyal. That's that's part of the because she goes she She, yeah she only stays until it's time for her to leave and she's really good at cutting the cords, cut cutting the ties and walk being able to walk away even though it does kind of make her sad, but she she does it she knows when to leave. There are other people saying that she doesn't suffer fools well and that she's Mm -hmm. pretty creative whenever it comes to, um, you know like solutions or working through things. So they're saying that she's Ravenclaw. And there are other people that are saying that she's the epitome of Slytherin. So I don't know. Do we need to create a poll and and see, you know, <laughs> I think so. Which which house she's in? I don't maybe know. she's a Slytherclaw. <laughs> Slytherclaw. Maybe maybe Ravenclaw's her secondary house. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but you, I what, do. I really think she's a Slytherin. You think she'd be a hat stall? Possibly. Well, there we go. <laughs> Thank you so much, hon, for, for doing this. My pleasure. Yeah, we just had Chick-fil-A before we recorded this episode. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyway, thank you. Um, it's been an absolute treat to be able to stare right into your eyes throughout this podcast. It's been fantastic. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you so much. I love you. I'm very grateful to have you here. I love you, Oh, shucks. So, um, as always, for um, anyone that wants to get in touch with us or connect with us, you can uh, send an email to reframedpod at gmail.com. You can also interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at reframedpod. So glad to have each and every one of you listening today. You are fantastic. And as always, remember to take care and stay dapper. Bye. Bye.